Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. Devin, I was just working out with someone and then I stopped them at the very end and I said, if I keep working out, I'm going to throw up. So then I ate a huge breakfast. How are you? Um, I'm good. <laughs> um, I, I am, as we've discussed fragile at the hands of Glennon Doyle because I'm listening to her audiobook Untamed. I you know what happened? What had happened was I downloaded this book when all the hype started when it first came out. Yeah, she's like 2 years late, but continue. And I I didn't listen to it cuz I was like, what? Like I don't need this help right now. And then I found myself feeling a need for some sort of pop psychology self-help yeah hoo-ha hoopla and i came upon i literally said to myself i'm like i can probably just look at my audio audible library like there's definitely something in there that's like self-helpy and i went in and i saw first i saw love warrior by glennon doyle and i was Mm -hmm. like should i read that one but i like did read most of that one a while ago so i was like okay i'll try untamed and you know that my body is shaken by chills and all I can do is look at Glennon's Instagram videos and go down different holes of the people commenting on their videos and their kids and what their kids are doing and what the ex-husband's doing and like they're co-parenting. And, you know, it's one of those things where I could cry at any given moment if I think about Glennon and Abby and happiness and bravery. I if I think about Glennon when she takes her kids to get their ears pierced and one of them is like, yeah, do it and like gets it done. And the other one says, I'm not ready yet. And the ear, pier- the ear piercer person is like, oh, come on, be brave. Just do it. And then Glennon is like, that's the wrong definition of brave. Like, it's brave mm. to say I'm not ready to do this. It's brave to say, like, I don't want to do this. It's it, You don't have to just like go against your gut when you're afraid. That's not brave. And it's not not brave. It's just something else. I love that. I forgot about that. I loved the part in the book and I thought about it literally yesterday. And listen, is it kind of basic to love the book Untamed? <laughs> yes, course. but it's basic for a reason. And that's because it's a very likable book. It's like Eat, Pray, Love. And I remember the part in the book where she is watching This Is Us with her family And there's a scene where a kid comes out to their parent and the parent says, you know, I'll always love you. And Glennon Doyle says, don't say it no matter what. And Glennon Doyle talks about, I would say that to my children if they got arrested, if they came out, I would say, oh my gosh, you found out something special about yourself. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. 
And it was like, oh, yeah, there is. We still have the vestiges of like a 90s homophobic culture where it's like you're gay. What does this mean about your life? Right. Exactly. And also like, yeah, everything she says about like letting go of everything I thought before so I can make room for everything that feels true now in terms of like changing your perspective when you realize your perspective is lacking what other people bring to the table. Like just, ah, she's great. (sighs) We we're really into her together. Rising is an amazing charity that provides a lot of direct relief together. Rising is her Cheryl Strayed. And I want to say Brene Brown's charity anyway. So they really do like, they're literally all the exact same type of person and they just found each other and we're friends. Oh, and Elizabeth Gilbert. Sorry. But they, they have this basically mutual aid fund where they just give money to say a woman will write Glennon Doyle saying I, my hands are cracking from washing my children's clothes and they'll buy her a washing machine. I follow these random animal rescues on Instagram. It's probably most of the accounts I follow. And one of them is a kangaroo rescue in Australia. That's like very small. It's a one woman in her house who helps kangaroos in Australia. And after the Australia fires, she said, I just got a check for $14,000 from this company together rising. They are going to save my house and like save these kangaroos. I was like, I just love them. I, I think they're such purely good people who really work hard to be. Yeah. They're just like Bethany Frankel and be strong initiative. But wait, also let me say that I got like one video of like a monkey in the wild, like on my sure. TikTok algorithm. And I liked it. And it's been growing into this thing where it's like I get all these wildlife videos. But then like every once in a while, a video would come in where someone would be like, this is my pet like river otter from Brazil. And I was like, sure, it doesn't seem doesn't seem at all like humane that this person has this as a pet. But do I want to see the video? Like I do kind of want to see what this animal looks like. And then it's like people have a pet like lemur that wears like outfits and i'm like again like don't don't not want to see it but yeah i disagree so now my tiktok algorithm has become really immoral where it's basically like tiger king people who are like these are my exotic pets and i'm like (laughs) i don't know how yeah i don't know how to get out of it i'm like um okay like i don't want to indulge these people but at the same time like i just like to look at these animals and it's like they don't get they don't get filmed with like weird music in the background in the wild. It's usually people, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't think that like this woman with the kangaroo house, like spends her time making TikToks of kangaroos, but the people who inhumanely like purchase them on the black market do. And then I end up watching. It's like, I need to get out of this cycle because I do want to do good. I want to rise together. I want to be a good person. I don't want to be like feeding the tiger. You want to be a world. goddamn cheetah. Yeah, I want to be untamed like the cheetah chasing the rabbit or whatever the fuck Glennon talks about. I, got, I struggled with that metaphor. I was like, so I'm, I don't want to be the cheetah chase. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Well, we are pro Glennon and Abby. We really do love them. And we can only hope to have the romantic experience someday of walking into a restaurant and seeing someone and thinking that's the love of my life. But I feel that way a lot. Is the thing. I know. Same, same, same. Maybe I feel it too much is the problem. Um, We are going to take a quick break and be right back with some audience suggested topics. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Okay, we are back. Our our Glenn and Dwell coverage was so good, it earned itself a commercial break. Okay. We reached out to our listeners and asked them for any topics they might be interested in hearing us discuss. Um, We are going to answer as many as possible ones that we do have direct experience with because we are losers and um, have wanted to actually have sex with more people than we have had sex with is, I I think, an important part. Well, I also want to say, like, yes, I, of course, want to talk about, like, seasons of married at first sight or before the 90 and 90 day that I've seen. But I want to be able to give it its due diligence and like really watch every episode and analyze. And we all know there's like 55 episodes per season of those things. So I wasn't able to give the due diligence (laughs) deserved to what people asked of me to talk about in terms of reality TV. Also, I am mid Dawson's Creek watch for the first time and i can't just put that down like i i've reached the pacey's pond point where joey and pacey get together and now i can't turn it off so i don't have time to just like put everything aside for 90 day fiance devin sent me the most somber text this morning which was hey got the advice questions i do not feel prepared to answer the 90 day um or married at first sight questions um i'm not in a place where i can uh bear respect to those franchises and i was like my goodness yeah i mean i could i could talk about the current season of married at first sight easily but i watched the dc season so long ago that like i just don't know like yes i remember that zach was absolutely awful but i just can't like just dive into that topic at a moment's notice so please respect that please be respectful but we did get a fun always fun to go over the basics of this. We got first dates and date rules. You may remember from our first episodes, uh, Devin and I don't respond to rules well, mainly because we've been told in the late 90s, early 2000s, at which number of dates we should count before hooking up with someone, texting someone, having sex with someone. And let's just say I'm not good at it. But some things I do try to do just for my own sanity because I've never, I, I struggle with them, is that I go into dates insanely scared. I used to be. I I feel like I've gotten better, but insanely nervous about how I will be perceived and how I should come off. And in fact, I used to joke that I'd want to watch a DVD of some first dates I had with exes just to see how much I like sold a false bill of goods. Like, oh, yeah, I love reading the paper. Oh, The New Yorker is one of my favorite outlets. Yada, yada, yada. Bologna. And... So I really have to remember that I am actually going to see how that person is for myself. I'm also checking this person out. I'm not just there begging for someone to like me. And I finally learned that I had to do that because I would end up in relationships with people just worried that they liked me. It took me a second to realize, like, I don't even know if I like them fully. The breakup coach that we had on the podcast said once, pay attention to actually how your body's feeling, which I loved. Glennon talks about that, too. She says, I will always stay where it's warm. I will always leave where it's cold. Wow. I'm crying thinking about it. Okay. I'm actually almost crying. Like, that's insane. 
I want to say that agree, harsh agree, everything Carolina just said. Also, we got a question in our podcast reviews, which rate, review, subscribe, please. Please rate, review, and subscribe on the app if you're listening. It really helps us out. Um, about dating and sobriety or dating while you don't drink. And we have talked about that before, but this question made me think about that because I recently passed the benchmark of 10 years of no drinking or doing drugs and making that decision for me to not drink or do drugs was a decision to do something really terrifying in the hopes that I could become the type of person I wanted to be. And that's really something that like I've chosen to do for the past 10 years is try to be like a better version of myself, which doesn't mean I'm like a good, amazing person and like whatever, but like, yeah, you're not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm still a piece of shit, but like, (laughs) but I like actively make an effort to try to be better, I think. And like, I think that's rare. And more importantly, I try to make an effort to like be my most authentic self because many times over the past 10 years, I've been like confronted with the feeling of like, okay, did I make this life altering decision to now just be in the same cycle of like self-harming behavior in a different way? Like, no, I made that decision because I wanted to like live better and be better. And if something's not serving me, like whatever. And so I've learned through that process, I think like the biggest gift of it, which has taken genuinely 10 full years. And I feel like it's only been the past couple of years that I've really started to feel this way is like to love my authentic self in a way that I didn't know was possible and to really see my own value and worth. And in the year that I, I've really only been truly single for like one year of those 10 years. And during that time, I really didn't see my own value. I really did just like Carolina said, like hope I would convince whoever I met to like, like me. And, um, it just didn't seem like a guarantee to me that someone would like me or want to spend time with me. And so I always felt like I'm the lucky one to be here. And I wish I could go back and tell myself they are lucky to be there. Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah also to tell myself what Glennon's telling me now, which is like when it feels cold or it feels bad or it feels scary or it feels even just a little bit like not for me, move away. Like don't need Mm. that. And any time that I am being my most authentic self, like that's the gift of that. Am I making no sense right now? No, I'm loving it. I'm loving every second. Okay. So anytime that like I think one of the gifts of trying to be my best, most authentic self and like actively looking at my behavior, actively trying to improve it is that then when someone moves away or reacts badly to me being my most authentic self, it doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong with them, but it means our connection maybe isn't working right now because this is what I'm giving and I know it's my best. If it doesn't work for you, like I'm not going to try to change it, you know? Right. I think like when dating, as Carolina said, if I could go back and tell myself one thing, it would be like, you are the catch here. And Mm -hmm. if anyone doesn't think you are, then that's their problem. Yeah. I dated a lot of people who were cold in different ways. I get, I have sort of this weird thing where I'm vulnerable really maybe too quickly And sometimes that was met with not warmth. Um, And so I think that I completely agree with Devin. You know, when I, when that would happen, instead of being like, you know what, I don't, I just don't feel supported. Even if this person says they support me, I don't feel it. Instead of that reaction, which I should have had, I had the reaction of God, I need to pull myself together. I need to be less me. I need to be more like a cool girl, you know, to reference the canonical, monologue from Gone Girl. And so I I definitely, I, I mean, I was just even thinking about this morning. I was thinking about like how right after I had a really bad shoulder injury, I struggled with dancing and how I once was on the dance floor and this guy was dating, like didn't dance with me and like how painful that was at the time. But instead of being like, why won't he just dance with me? Like, I know I look awkward. Like, why won't he just like 
just do it because I'm not feeling good. And and instead I was like, oh God, I'm so awkward on the dance floor. Like, right. I can't believe like I, this injury is just kicking my ass and it's affecting my relationship instead of being like, and it shouldn't because right. if a guy had an injury that I was dating, I would obviously still have my ass on his crotch like immediately. <laughs> so even if he was dismangled on the floor, knock on fucking what you guys <laughs> no that's no so, arms no legs no, um i'm so like i don't want to take away from that by bringing back these uh vanessa moshe soliloquies because that is so true like instead of thinking why isn't he dancing with me it's why why am i not good enough to be danced with yes like, and i definitely had that mentality when dating yeah i think also like not having had any alcohol in the past 10 years, I again thought it was like one of the more unattractive things about me when I was 20 years old. I could yeah. not believe how uncool it was. I thought it was tragic and I was not the kind of person to do anything for my health. So I came from a place before when I was drinking, when I saw people not drinking that I was annoyed. So I figured a, everyone felt that way about me. And it's just very clear that if you don't like a sober person or if your life kind of revolves around drinking. I don't know. I met up with a guy a while ago who immediately said, he said something about like, oh, well, when you're, you know, this is actually really fun to listen to when you're smoking pot. And I was like, oh, I don't smoke pot. And it came so quickly and it almost, to, it almost was like kind of sounded like I was laying down a law. He just went like, oh, oh. And I was like, no, no, no. I just, I, I can't smoke it because I'll um, like act weird and just be really insecure for an hour. So I actually think like my sobriety is an attractive part of me. And I will say it's made me a lot more vulnerable though, because I, you know, alcohol is like a social lubricant. So it was easy for me to literally, I would literally like reach across a party, grab a guy's shirt and pull him in to kiss me. And that was a really fun part of my life for a while. And, um, I don't really do that anymore. Thank God. <laughs> because I've been, um, canceled, but, um, <laughs> since our last episode, she has been canceled. It's made um, my relationships actually move kind of faster in a way because you're just not being cagey at all. You're you're you can't help but show up as a completely sober self. You can't be like, oh, last night was crazy. It's like, yeah, last night was crazy. I was completely sober and I told you all of my hidden feelings and secrets. I know. And also, like a lot of people don't have to stop drinking or doing drugs because they don't like inherently use it as a way to like block out all feelings and discomfort. But that's how I used it. And so without it, it's like I actually just have a low tolerance for like emotional discomfort. And yeah. I think a lot of relationship problems come from just ignoring the discomfort and not wanting to look at it. But right now I'm like, I'm just awake to it. So like, let's talk about it. Um, and oh, that's so true. Like, why would you not want to be in the place where you're like really feeling everything as it comes and like going through it anyway. And it's like hard to find people who are also on that plane of like vulnerability. But because I think most people don't make a decision to like <laughs> do that. I only made that decision, like Caroline said, because I was an actual garbage fire of a person and had no other choice at the time. But now it's like, OK, cool. Like I just am in touch with how I'm feeling a lot of the time. And that makes it hard to accept things that are not working but also like, I wish I had embraced that when I was single like embrace that okay this is uncomfortable and that doesn't mean I have to like fix it or try to change how I am or try to like make something happen or like orchestrate things so that I can find the right escape from this discomfort I wish I had just been like yeah this is uncomfortable but this is what it takes to like meet someone and I'm just trying to meet someone who is what I need not like I'm just trying to get someone to think I'm what they need. Right. One more thing to end that on is I have dated people who drank when I didn't. And it really wasn't a problem. Devin and I have gone out to parties where everyone was drinking except us. And it was really fun. Yeah. I think that's a totally okay thing to do, too. I have a friend who literally the other night was like, I like doing cocaine sometimes. And I was like, God, to have that perspective. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to tear your life to the ground or anything like something. You know, I had my other I, I remember a girl once who didn't drink like us was saying like she was like some of my friends ask me if I do ecstasy and I say no, but it's really fun. And so you definitely don't have to only date a sober person. You're not a leper 
and drunk sex is overrated. Um, another question was Tinder do's and don'ts. Devin and I have so many opinions on this. As you guys know, I'm just going to say really quickly, newsboy hats, fedoras. Those are, you know, things I struggle with, but I was texting Devin in, um, London because I, as Devin says, I'm an elitist and I'm only on Raya, but while going through the bios on Raya, which were horrific, so many guys were posting in their bios stuff like sanity, please, no drama, like all of these indicators that like sanity would be nice. Like I'm dealing with so many crazy people that it's like women are so nuts that I just want someone who is normal. And I was like, okay, have you met a man? I've seen men almost punch each other outside of bars. I've seen a man push a woman up against a wall in New York. And like, yes, I have also been 20 years old and screamed at a guy in the street at 4am in New York. But I maintain that men do bring so much more emotion and drama to relationships than they take credit for. So anything like that, that's like indicating that like you're the sane one to like, give me a break. You're already insulting me. Like I haven't even swiped right. We haven't even I met and you're calling me crazy. I totally agree. And off that, any kind of like negative, like off the bat, like if you're this, then swipe right. Like if you're that, then no, it's like, obviously we all feel that way, but you don't have to say it in your bio. Like just think like, to me, if a guy has a picture where he's on like some hiking adventure, like that's a no for me, but I don't have to say that in my bio, like just be open, you know, like, I don't know. My bio on Tinder, I'm remembering this now forever ago said like, I'm always down for almost anything. Also, I don't drink because I was like, some people were weird about it on Tinder because they always want to meet up at bars. And I thought it was like a funny way of saying, um, you know, that I didn't drink. This guy and I match and he immediately DMs me. It's probably not going to work out if you don't drink. Wait. And I'm like, <laughs> Wait, why? Did, why? And so inst I'm honestly, we started talking for a really long time because I was out and like bored. And I just wrote back, but you're my boyfriend. Oh, my God. And he was like, LOL, what? And I was like, I love you. And then we just started texting for a while. But it was still just like one of those things where it's like, I'm never going to meet up with you. I think you're an alcoholic. Yeah. Like, what's why would going you on? actively DM me that? OK, so this is the hard thing. It was impossible for me when I was on the apps to like take the conversation seriously. Like I was like, if it's not a joke bit, like I just don't know what to do. I, like, know. I, I don't know what to do with like, hey, how was your weekend? Like, yes, that's perfectly nice. But like, I don't know you. It, it means nothing to me. And like, I would just much rather. So I would always try to do weird bits. And the amount of people who genuinely were like, wait, what? And then it was like, well, I'm not going to explain it to you if you don't get why I asked you what your favorite Sinbad movie is. Like, I just can't <laughs> try to explain that. So, yeah, it's like if they could go down with a bit like then that's great. But then it's like, is the bit just like what's the real conversation going to be like? Because we just did this bit this whole time and like whatever. But yeah, that was for me. I do is like see if they can do a bit. And if they can't like probably for me, then we, we won't have much in common. Yeah. That's really hard. But getting the question, hi, how, how is your day going? Makes me want to be like, I quit, I quit dating. I quit, I quit life. I quit are it we all on an elevator right now. Like are exactly. we two strangers in the same building on an elevator? Because that's oh. what this conversation feels like. Also no shirtless pics for me personally, because what I don't like about them is they feel inherently dishonest because the person is acting as though they're casual. Like, oh, and, and if you're curious, this is a picture of me with a bandana on sitting with my abs, like, like sucking in on a surfboard. Like, I Ew. know that you're it's just so like cheesy to me. I mean, that being said, if you're going to do it, do it. Like, just show me your ass. But like, don't like show do me your some ass. Weird quasi like I'm just <laughs> show on a me hike your right ass. Now. Show me your butt or what? But <laughs> or what? Or what? <laughs> or I'm gonna fight you. Okay, wait. but also I have to say, men are so bad at taking the photos doors. of themselves. Like one time I was dating this person long term. Well, a few for a few months. And we were off the apps and they were like, wait, let me just show you like my profile. Would you have swiped yes on me? And this was someone who was a genuinely very attractive person, like very good looking person that anyone would be like, oh, you're good looking. And the the profile was truly I was like, OK, I would think first off that you're a murderer and second off that you've never met another human being in your life because it was all like a bunch of selfies that he took. Like clearly it was like oh, this app requires photos. Okay, like snap, snap, snap. Instead of like going through and trying to find your best ones. So he just like snapped a bunch of selfies. Did the, um, the what's his name? 
Beyonce, what's his real name? Oh, uh, John Early. John Early has this bit about like guys doing like the goofy face, like putting their tongue out and being like a little smirk to the side. Yes, that was what he had. And I was like, this is awful. This is awful. This is awful. And like the questions like he answered all earnestly. And I was like, men do not know what they're doing. Because even it's like if you've ever like someone's like, oh, wait, show me pictures of your ex or something. And like, sorry, but that's normal for for some of us. Sorry if it's not normal to you. That's one of my favorite things about Devin is once I was talking to an ex about like a girl he had dated and Devin was like, can we get a name? Yeah. And I was like, anyway, so wait, where did you meet her? And Devin was like, can we get Yeah, like, name? why are you acting like we don't need to Google this person? We obviously need to. No, but then it's like you try to show their Instagram and you're like, okay, these pictures aren't accurate because men don't know how to take pictures. Like, I'm sorry, but like they actually, whatever. It just is tough. It's true. It's tough. It's tough. So we understand the pain on the other side too. No, I don't understand it. Like they don't even feel pain about it, but that's the problem. I want truth. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Someone wrote us asking for more on And Just Like That. There is going to always be more on And Just Like That. And Just Like That is timeless. I cannot wait for the second season. It's half as much of of a garbage dump as the first season. Like, I am jumping in my whole body. I'm I'm so excited. Um, I've I've had some reflections since, though. Okay. But I want to comment on one of your reflections, which I really do love, which is that you have been very a staunch advocate of Steve and saying, you know, Miranda says that she doesn't want to eat dessert and watch TV every night. And that's actually one of the best parts of being in a relationship. I could not agree more. It's like, listen, I love excitement. I love adventure. I love romance. I also love routine. I love not having to go out every night. I love choosing a TV show to go through together. Yep. And that's my love language right there. I do believe one of the more insane scenes to me is when Miranda asks Steve to finger her and he's like, oh, I'm a little rusty. I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. Like guys aren't going to a ever say that and b like, they're not going to be like, what's a vagina? I haven't touched one. in six I know. Years. <laughs> so I think that there is a world for both like sex and like day to day logistics. Wait, also, I don't know who I was talking about. Like, maybe Tess that's been friend of the pod, but I don't remember who I was talking to about it, who was like, okay, she doesn't give Steve a chance at all. Like, she's like, 
Okay, I, I already cheated on him with Che Diaz in <laughs> Carrie's apartment while she was pissing. While Carrie pissed herself, bottle. yeah. Spewed. <laughs> while Carrie's spewed. But let me try to give Steve a chance. And then she's like, will you finger me? And then it doesn't feel good. And she's like, okay, you know what? Like, it's over. And it's like, wait, that's all it takes? Like, you couldn't just give him the benefit of the doubt that, like, you were in the kitchen. It wasn't comfortable. And maybe he wanted to go to the bedroom. Maybe he wanted, like, the lights out. Like, who knows? She didn't think about him at all. I cannot stop thinking about Steve. Like, he's just been on my mind because that conversation on the couch where she's like, I want more than this, Steve. Like, I need more than this. And he's like, oh, I actually really like our routine of, like, eating dessert and watching TV. And it's like, if someone was across the couch from me saying, like, hey, I met a comedian and, like, I smoked weed with them. And I think, like, now I want to go, like, to their comedy tour and, like, go to their college show and show up. Like, I would be like, great, goodbye, because I have no interest in that. I have no interest in starting to do recreational drugs at the fir- for the first time in my 50s. I have no interest in following a comedian on tour ever, but especially not in my 50s. Um, no. It's and so she's tragic. acting like he's crazy. Like, she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you can't see this, that, like, I, of course, need more than this. It's like, also, you have a kid who's not even in college yet. Like, maybe focus on raising the kid and like what how do you have so much extra time and if you do then like I, it just makes no sense so that really aggravates me I want the best for Steve I want him to find someone um I really miss his bromance with Aiden oh love those love those years I'm hoping for Aiden to come back always I really hope that Charlotte works through her anger about having to have a daughter who's on her period <laughs> um crisis <laughs> it's really not a crisis i hope and- her daughter's okay and like figures out how to use a tampon like there's only so many ways babe like just google it at this point like it's so not <laughs> it's so crazy it's not important to ask your mom about just google it and also what else what else have i been meditating on oh okay so i this is something i've thought about so carrie lives in that townhouse that she just goes back and forth. Again, it's still grappling with the fact that like Carrie is a billionaire, like big could have bought Twitter like this. And by the way, right, they're going right. to, I don't know what they're going to do about big because it's like, then the actor who played him is a monster. So she is basically like a huge part of the problem that is ruining our country. And so she lives in this apartment above this girl who's having these crazy raging parties. Again, like why did that turn into a positive storyline? It should have just been like, fuck you. I'm trying to sleep. This is like an Upper East Side, apparently townhouse. Why would you think that just because you're like some rich person whose parents paid for your apartment? Also, that just is what's wrong with New York City real estate is like all these rich people taking all the apartments. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but it annoys me that she ended up being like, you're me. And like, I, you're the new me and I care about you. Also, Broad City already did that. And the only actual savior point for season two, what they can do to like save it and make things different is if they manage to get Samantha back, Kim Cattrall. Yeah, I completely agree. Make amends like like maybe Kim Cattrall being a narcissist, which sorry, but that just is the evidence is there. We'll see how everybody missed her and be like, I want to I come think, back. I think now. you're right. I think it's possible. But S- I don't feel like SJP is going to want her back because there's so much bad blood. But I think she would do its best for the show because it's clearly in need of yeah, it. It actually just trouble. immediately became a laughing stock, but in an important way. The legacy is suffering. The legacy is suffering. It's not aging well. I mean, the legacy was bad to begin with, and now <laughs> it's, it's true. Even worse. But yeah. Someone wrote in asking for thoughts on age gap relationships. I'm happy to get into this. I think Devin and I have some conflicting opinions. Um, okay. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm very much okay with them. I, I actually never understood dating younger men, but I'm at the point in my life where I think if a younger guy liked me, I would be into it if only sexually. If an older guy liked me, I can't even explain how into it I would be. I don't even know what I would do with myself. If a John Ham, if he John Slattery, I speaking of sex in the city because he wanted to pee on Carrie, I I do not even know how I would process such things. My thing with older men, I think this is what I'll say. I think I am so tired of managing relationships. I hate it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I want someone who knows what they want, knows how to like 
just handle it. Yep. And I don't have to say anything. I want someone who like walks in front of me. I know that sounds weird, but like I want someone who steers me in is like, we're going to eat out at this restaurant. I I, I crave that. I know that there's going to be a time when I don't want that if I'm in a relationship with someone like that. But I, I crave like a sexist dynamic at this point. At the moment. <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think I have a very nuanced view on this. It's probably because I'm reading Untamed and Glennon has showed me that everything is really complicated and layered and it's not just black and white. But I'm reading some feminist theory called Untamed. Right now, I'm actually deeply, deeply, Doing my PhD deeply engaged at, um, in a lecture series called on Untamed gender studies. and all of the chapters inside Untamed. So where was I going? Oh, okay. So I think that there's certain brackets that work. Okay. Okay. That's a good point. But like, I think now I'm in my thirties. Like I think thirties dating forties works. I think like your relationship starts when one is thirties, one right, is forties. Right. Um, I think fifties dating seventies. Hot. Great. Like what my experience with age gap relationships is, is twenties dating thirties, meaning like not just like 25 and 30. I mean, near decades of age difference when I was a very young 20. and. What I will say is at one point, someone told me, like, don't you think something's wrong with a man, a grown man in their 30s dating someone who just hit the legal drinking age? And I was like, what? No, like, that's love. I'm sorry if you haven't experienced love and you don't know what this is, but like, I'm sad for you that you're jealous. Devin literally has like Lisa Frank unicorns on her wall. And she's like, I think it's because I'm so mature. No, because I'm an old soul. Like I'm an old soul. Like everyone knows that. Yeah. So looking back, like now I'm in my 30s and the idea of dating someone who, as Carolina said, like had Lisa Frank memorabilia, like had a Hello Kitty backpack, like was talking about their friend's 21st birthday party. Like I just can't imagine. Like I just can't. I just can't. I can't. And so something I think must have been amiss with the people who who decided to date me at that era of my life. And I will also say that there was a moment where, so like when I broke up with a 31-year-old when I was 21, I was very concerned for that person's emotional security and well-being. Like, are they going to be okay? Because they were acting like they were not going to be okay. And they were bringing a lot of drama to the table. And I was talking to my friend about it. And I was like, what do you think like, like, they're so angry. Like, what do you think they're saying to people about our breakup? And my friend was like, he's probably just saying like, she's really immature and she was too young. So it didn't work. And I was like, oh yeah, that's actually definitely what he's saying. And that's crazy. Like I'm the immature one in this. So yeah, I will say that also like, I just grew so much and changed so much as a person between like 20 and 26, 27, even I just, there was no world in which I was going to be the same person when I started dating these people. And they were like presumably of an age where they were a fully established person. And like that was kind of disappointing when I got to the point where I had changed and grown. <laughs> and I was like, wait, so you're actually just staying this way. Okay. I'm beyond that now. I don't want to just like engage in that same sort of kind of like immature shit. But anyway. We had an equally important question, which was can Leah Michelle read and the cultural reset that was Glee? I feel like this is coming from like a viral thing that we don't know about. Like, did it something, is. What is there it? was a Twitter thread that Leah Michelle can't read. Oh, listen, all I'll say is that I listened to the Glee soundtrack so much in my early 20s. It was tragic. I loved it. I loved the covers of the Glee. I was listening to Don't Stop Believing, walking around New York with Leah Michelle singing. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So that is actually more embarrassing to me than Leah Michelle being able to read or not. The fact that I was sending people Glee songs being like, you should listen to this. It's really good is much more humiliating than a um, actress who can't read. What does she need to read for? She's yeah. like host. All she wants to do is like face masks and, uh, you know, mommy content on her Instagram and like ads for CBD gummies. Let her live. I mean, let her be boring. I know I will say that I've talked about this on the pod before, but like she does have a voice like that. I just her voice gives me chills and I will sometimes Google just her performing songs because I want yeah, to have chills and like feel emotional. But I don't think she's like a particularly relevant person to my life. Otherwise, um, I did watch Glee at a certain era. I watched it when it first came out and I watched a few seasons and then I stopped watching 
Um, so again, like not much to give in this area. But if you want to hear me rant about nothing again, then just ask about Carrie Bradshaw's downstairs roommate and I'll go for it. Leah Michelle singing truly bad music, like total eclipse of the heart. She made me like, I like that song. I also think Jonathan Groff is one of the hottest human beings alive. And there was recently an article where Leah Michelle said she showed him her vagina to teach him parts about it. And I was like, you're just in love with him. Like I completely like that's just someone you want to hook up with that right. you haven't been able to hook up with because they're gay. And so you're just like, okay, at least just look at my vagina. <laughs> just look at it. That's too much to ask. I'll like say I'm teaching you something, even though like that is the weirdest thing. That's something that you don't even necessarily want to know. Um, I know. And also like I saw one article where she was like, I offered to be his surrogate. Like, what I, and I was like again I'm like is, did he ask me? did he ask like, I don't know yeah I think it's best to probably just get like some random surrogate off of like the celebrity surrogate ring Craigslist no I think there's um, a celebrity one of the surrogate. Kardashians girls yeah oh wait this is what I was gonna say before that I forgot what I was gonna say and you just planted in my mind I wanted to say watching the first few episodes of the Kardashians not keeping up with just the Kardashians period my main takeaway is I'm staunchly, staunchly, staunchly pro Kravis, Courtney and Travis. I love them. He's good in bed. There's no world where he's not good in bed. Okay. There's no world in which that. And also she's like, I'm sorry. She said this thing where I was like, okay, I'm actually like, I love you despite all of your problematicness. She was like, cause their family is weirdly obsessed with like the thing that's interesting about the show is even though they they think they're putting nothing interesting in it, they think they're like, let's just show only the boring stuff because we don't want any of our actual personal life getting out. But what they think is boring and normal is actually severely fucked up. And that's what is fascinating to watch. So they think it's normal that all the sisters are trying to convince Courtney that she should still talk to and invite her ex Scott to everything because they're worried about Scott's well-being if Courtney sets boundaries with him. Like, they think it's normal to take Scott's side instead of just being like, oh, this person clearly hasn't been right for you and hasn't had a great dynamic with you and you've chosen to move away from that. That's very healthy. Great. Instead, they're like, but he's sad. Like, he's not going to get invited to stuff. Like, it's very bizarre. And Courtney is like, I'm sorry, but I finally at this point in my life realized the love that I deserve and I found it. And like, I'm just happy about that. And I don't need to worry about Scott. And I was like, okay, yes, yes, yes. And so I will say that that just gives me hope that like people can find love at any time in their life. And I think them coming together as people with like the same amount of life experience with kids, like that is a really pure form of love as opposed to coming from an uneven place where it's like, I'm going to teach you about something because for some reason I get off on that, which I think a lot of like age difference relationships can be. That's really helpful to hear. I really like that. Someone asked, if a family member is toxic, is that a valid reason to cut them off? Let me rant for a second. Yes, 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 yes. I hate when people say blood is thicker than water because what the fuck does that mean? Like literally who cares how thick blood is? Cream is thicker than milk. What does it matter? Your time and energy are precious and it matters how someone treats you. You internalize that whether you want to or not, especially if you've grown up with them. And I read this book that I highly recommend. It's called Set Boundaries and Find Peace. And one of the things that the um, author says is that if you feel guilt for taking space from someone, that's fine. That's a natural part of boundaries. That doesn't mean anything's wrong. That doesn't mean you did the wrong thing. Guilt is an okay human emotion, like sadness or anger. It's just something that happens. And you're creating boundaries for yourself. You have to respect them for other people to respect your boundaries too. It's really important. I think that People, some people would benefit from cutting their families out, cutting their parents out. I think that it's a mistake to think that you need to be treated a certain way just because this person's related to you or it's okay for someone to treat you like shit. I also recommend the book because one of my favorite things it says about social media is, oh, a boundary you can set is not following anyone you're jealous of. She says explicitly, you don't have to follow anyone who seems like they have their life perfectly together. I was like, you don't, you don't don't like I don't and she said you know you can set boundaries with yourself or on social media like cutting the people you follow in half so I cut the people I follow in half 
life changing. I don't just look at stupid pictures of people I don't care about anymore. Why do I feel obligated to follow people? It's very strange. Yeah, I definitely will consider that because I do find myself on the stories of some people I went to high school with that I'm like, wait, what? And then they end up in my nightmares. And I'm like, why am I having a nightmare about this person? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's because I watched their story of them like at Walt Disney World for adults or whatever. And like, oh, Disney adult. <sighs> yeah. So our last question, I think Devin wrote in, it says, what? we love another app covering the true crime romances. Yes, we are absolutely in. Thank you for saying this. It validates our experience. There's um, one in the works. There's one in the works. It's hard to call it romance when a husband kills his wife, but we will for the sake of um, an episode. We definitely will. And listen, like if anyone wants to start a book club called all the books that Devin discovered and no one else has ever heard of and she brought into our lives, I would love to do that. And we can have the first book be Untamed and the second book be The Da Vinci Code. (laughs) So I'll see you guys all there. And I can't wait. I love you, Devin. Love you. Catch us next time on True Romance. Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.